0: way, and then we'll come to the Lord in prayer in a minute. The focus this morning is on verse 2, essentially, which says to remember the Lord all the way that he's brought you, and then follow him in faith. Let me ask you, if you could do anything all over again, what would you do differently? What would you change? I'm not a golfer. I tell people, put my tongue in my cheek a bit and say, you know, I golf every few years just to keep in practice. Um, but in golf, I'm told that if you take a swing and it, it doesn't really go like you want it to go, you can take a mulligan, which is another crack at it. And hopefully do better at that time. In a sense, the book of Deuteronomy is a mulligan. Deutero, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. The second giving of the law. Perhaps you're aware of that. The Lord had instructed Moses then to give the law, the Ten Commandments and the others, to a new generation of people who had come to the edge of the promised land. The first group had sent in the 12 spies, and 10 of them came back and said, Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a great land, but we can't take it. The people are too big, too strong. And Joshua and Caleb said, Yes, the Lord is with us, we can do it. And the people said, no, there's enough of us have died already. We're going to find a new leader and do something different. And so the Lord said, all right, all of you who are 20 years old and above are going to wander in the wilderness, and none of you will live to see this land except Joshua and Caleb. In a sense, then, the giving of the law, Deuteronomos, Deuteronomy, is this second chance in a certain sense, but to a new generation, reminding them, remember and now live for the Lord. By God's grace, some lived. But there was judgment upon the others. Would you join me in prayer? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Deuteronomy 8 is a reminder to God's people then and now to remember your way, to follow you, that you may be exalted in our lives because we seek to walk humbly before you, accepting your leadership, your goodness, your provision, And this morning, remembering Jesus Christ and His death for us, His resurrection and His presence by Your Spirit within us. So bless us this morning, we pray, in Jesus' name, by the power of Your Spirit, Amen. Reading from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then, in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce. You will lack nothing a land where the rocks are iron or contain iron, and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, And when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert. Something your fathers had never known to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the word of your God. The word of the Lord. In a few moments... You will hear me say, take, eat, drink, remember and believe. There is no magic in the words, but it is in our remembering our sin and remembering Christ's sacrifice for us, that by his grace through faith, that we are forgiven That same message, in a sense, comes to God's people, saying, remember, your lives depend upon it. Honor the Lord, following him in faith. Chapter 8, verse 2. You shall remember all the way the Lord your God has led you. That's not optional. It's not something we can, oh yeah, well, once in a while, But the truth is that we are called to remember God's blessings, God's person, God's presence. Somebody once said, and I need the reminder, and so I put it on the bottom of my email. Some of you have email, and you can put a personal signature. One of the things under my signature is this, that one of the chief causes of failure in this life is giving up what you want most for what you want in the moment. Let me say it again. One of the chief causes of failure in this life is giving up what you want most for what you want in the moment. And in the Garden of Eden, Satan... Well, Eve believed Satan and forgot God's call to faithfulness and God's rich blessing to her and Adam. And she wanted in the moment that which was tempting for her. And for us, it is that same kind of temptation when we forget God's goodness and grace and we grab at certain kinds of things or opportunities or, or whatever. And so this failure to remember, failure to reflect, failure to obey leads us away from God. And so it's important for us regularly to remember what the Lord has done, who the Lord is and who we are as, as his people. It's important to remember the right things. The truth is, there are times when I mess up. I suspect you do as well. And sometimes the Spirit accuses us, and we say, yes, Lord, I messed up. I sinned. I fell on my face. That was dumb. That was sinful. It was foolish. But when we come to the Lord and Say, Lord, I have sinned. Please forgive me. We can remember the words of First John 1, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the devil comes to us and says, you think it's that simple? You scum, you blah, blah, blah. blah. And we go round and round and round and round and kicking ourselves and accusing ourselves. So the point here is not to just remember our sin, but rather to come before the Lord to confess our sin and then to say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and then to follow his way as we can follow as we seek to to honor him above all. Deuteronomy 8 reminds us to remember the Lord and to follow God's way. And God's way is often not the shortest way. We would want to go from here to there. But often God takes us around the block, maybe two or three times before we find the, or maybe around the section, before we get where he wants us to be when we are to be there. It was, has been that way in my life in different kinds of ways. And I'll keep it very short. But in seminary, excuse me, in college, I had no thought of seminary or being a pastor. I'd wanted to be. I enjoyed being outside. i thought about maybe wildlife biologist, forest ranger. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could be a doctor. And then I thought, oh, we can change society by being in politics. And so I thought, oh, hey, I had even had my, pardon the phrase, my Hillary picked out. <laughs> it was a gallon, College who was, man, everybody liked her and respected her, and I liked her, we were friends. She never knew I, would, had, I had these plans until later when she was paired up with another guy and I was paired up, and we were staying in line one time, and I just told her, yay, yeah, hey, and then we all had a good chuckle. But that was not the Lord's call to us, to me. And it wasn't until a few weeks before graduation from Dort College I was on a motorcycle trip to Mexico during spring break with a friend from college, when after a night of partying in Las Vegas, for which I grieve, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Meyer, the reason you don't know where you're supposed to be going is that you've not been listening to me. You've been asking the wrong question, because I was asking, what do I want to do the rest of my life? And the right question was, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? So it is that way for all of us. Not what do I want to do. Not what seems right in my own eyes. But what is God calling us to do? To remember that God's way, God's call, is the best way, the right way for us. And so let me ask you, I'm going to be asking you throughout the message this morning to do some things. Let me ask you to reflect this week with a friend, perhaps with your family around the table, to reflect how the Lord has led you throughout your life. Some of the ways you may wish to confess, as I just did, saying that was dumb, foolish, sinful. And yet, finally I said, yes, Lord, and seek to follow him, not faithfully, but seeking to follow his way. And so I would encourage you to reflect on how the Lord has led you and to share that with each other, to affirm the Lord's leadership, not just past, but present, and for the future. We are called to remember the Lord's work. Remember how the Lord has led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you. One of the chief sins is human pride. There are things to be proud of rightfully before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad this, this, and this. Thank you. And yet it is a humble pride, pride in the Lord and his work. Not, look at me. Why, I'm the greatest. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not about me, but it's about the Lord. How has the Lord humbled you in your life? How has the Lord tested you? There are times when we all struggle. Some of us, perhaps with depression, perhaps in relationships. But part of that is understanding that the Lord sometimes allows things to come into our lives or sends things into our lives to test us and to humble us. Martin Luther had told the story on himself about how during one period of his life he was struggling and he was down and depressed and he had married a a woman by the name of Katrina who according to what we know about her was can i say it gently a spicy lady um who had a tongue and was well one day martin came home martin luther came home and Katrina was dressed in black. And he said, Katrina, who died? Oh, Martin, the only thing I can conclude is that your God has died. You've been so depressed and so down and so hopeless. What's going on? (laughs) And he, oh, Anyway, but the point is, that there are times that we need to acknowledge our own struggles before the Lord and acknowledge those to the people who are part of our lives, that they can pray for us and walk with us. Verse 3, he has humbled us to, and tested us to teach us. He humbled you and let you hunger. He fed you with manna so that you might know that man does not live by bread alone. In our lives, God is constantly working to teach us that life is not better with an abundance of material things alone, but only when he is at the very center of it. We are called to remember that how God has cared for us in the past. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years in the wilderness. My wife and I, Donna and I, were married December 1971, 50 years later, that would be December 2021. And the verse that we chose as our, for our wedding 50th anniversary celebration was Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart. And part of that whole process was remembering how the Lord had brought us together. I'd had my eye on another girl, and Donna, we ended up sitting next to each other in choir, and it's like, who are you? Who are you? (laughs) And the Lord brought us together, and we chuckled over how that all happened. And how the Lord has kept us together and multiple conversations about the Lord's faithfulness. So the question is, how has the Lord worked in your life and what have you learned about that in following him? The truth is that he is the God not only of the past or the present, but of the future. God is in control of our lives even when we can't see what's going on even when we struggle to believe. Perhaps you are aware of it, but the reason that Pastor Forsal is in Crossroads Christian Reformed Church in Madison and the reason I'm here this morning is that 22 years ago, I was working with Elto Church. Elto had gone from a position of strength to a place of, Oh, Lord, what do we do? We can't pay a pastor any longer. How do we go forward? Can we go forward? Forsell and the family were friends. They had been a part of our church in Beaver Dam. They had moved up north, and Forsell was a route salesman for the Best Keys Company, Best Lock Company. And uh, he and I, Forsell, and I were having supper in Madison one night, just old friends touching base. And he'd opened his heart and said, spoke about his desire to be in ministry. And I had just, a few nights before, met with the council of this church. And the question had been, oh, Lord, how can we go forward? And on the way home, I called Don Middlestead, chair of the elders at that time, and a friend. And I mentioned Forcell, and it was the Lord's work bringing Forcell and Tracy and the family to this congregation. Twenty-two years ago that all began. The Lord is at work in ways we hardly even can begin to believe or can't even connect the dots. And so when, when I was working with the church in, in Madison, my, the Lord helped me to, or caused me to remember this. And so I had invited Fresnel to come there, and the only reason he, way he could come there was if I'd swap with him. <laughs> so he's there preaching this morning and talking about the Lord's work in and through us in surprising ways. The Lord is not done working in us and through us, that's the wonder of things. Let me ask you to read, if you would, sometime. We won't this morning, and I won't preach the whole sermon. But last Sunday in Crossroads Church in Madison, I preached on Psalm 100 and Genesis 45. You know, Genesis 45, it's Joseph in Egypt. Powerful Joseph, second only to Pharaoh, saying to his brothers, who had sold him into slavery in Egypt, Re- Joseph, then revealing himself, "I am Joseph, your son, your, your son, your brother whom you sold into slavery, and they are, "Oh no, we are dead. He's going to whap us now." And he said, "No, don't be afraid. for the Lord has been at work in and through all of this to bring me to this place to save your lives and the lives of many other people. So just relax. And it was through the Lord's work in these surprising, what, ways that he accomplished his will. That doesn't mean we're not responsible for what we do. It's one of the mysteries of God's providence and divine sovereignty that he is God and sovereign, and yet there's also genuine human responsibility. But the point here in all of this is that we need to be careful to not forget the Lord and his ways and his leadership and be encouraged to know that he is God and that life is good in spite of the challenges and the struggles. And so verses 11 through 16 speak about that. That we are, he led you through this vast wilderness and brought you here, gave you this, this, and this, and you are here by his call. And our response is what? To say thank you, Lord. And how can I live for you? One of the primary expressions of sin in our lives is ingratitude. Not being grateful to the Lord for his wonderful grace and gifts. We have so much for which to give thanks. Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And yet there are challenges and struggles of life. And so one of my challenges for you is as you're sitting and talking about God's testing and how he has led you in life, to also add to that conversation the list of the blessings for which you are so grateful to the Lord for all that he has done and is doing. And that then leads us to verses 17 and 18 that we depend on the Lord, that we do not say to ourselves, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But rather to remember that it is the Lord Himself who gives us the strength to work and to think and even to live and to be grateful to Him, even though we are called to work and to live fully. For him The bottom line is what? The verses 19 and 20. "If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, you will surely be destroyed." That's humbling. Have you ever heard of Astalan? Anybody ever heard of Astalan? Astlan, raise your hand if you've even heard the name. Ah, oh, yay, complicated, yay. It's a, for those of you who haven't heard, I had heard about it but didn't know anything about it. But down um, between Johnson Creek, anyway, in, in that area, is a state park called Astland. It marks a place where there was a community of peoples that lived for about three hundred years, who were, they believe, an offshoot of another mound building people near St. Louis, Missouri. They were they lived that community was there for about three hundred to four hundred years. Now there's nobody that lives there. It's just the mounds where they lived. Almost no record of the people. And Donna, my wife and I were were there a few weeks ago and it's sobering. There is no promise that the United States of America will be here how many hundred years from now. There's no promise that this congregation will be here however long from now. But the God's promise is, is that he holds his people and will never let go. For the truth is, is that his church will prevail. Our responsibility then is to follow him To remember his faithfulness. To love him above all and neighbor as ourselves. For we are called to honor the Lord. To remember his ways and to follow him. I was reading recently from Habakkuk chapter 3. And when it comes down to this, I need to ask my own self. Do I love the Lord more than his gifts? And I say with Habakkuk, who wrote in chapter 3, Though the fig tree does not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold. There be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. That's the bottom line. We are called to remember God's faithfulness, that he holds his people and never lets us go. To remember his works and his way, his wonders, to remember him and the grace with which we are call, called to, resp- to which we are called to respond in obedience and in faith. Remember and live for the Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are good beyond our imagining. You provide for us before we even are aware fully of our need. And so we are grateful to you. And we pray that we may live and serve in ways that bring honor to your name that others may look at us and see, even in the brokenness of our lives, that you are good and you are graceful. And in your grace, you call us to live honoring you above all and loving neighbors as ourselves. Enable us to remember and to follow you in Jesus' name.